0: G'day and welcome to Counter Charge. I'm Matt Croger and I'm your new Australian Kings of War correspondent.
1: Uh, today I'm going to bring you a collection of recordings from our Kings of War premier event, Clash of Kings Australia, which takes place at CAMCON, which is Australia's biggest tabletop convention. Their tournament was six rounds at 2,000 points, uh, with the eventual winner being Andrew Goodman. I hope these interviews give you a little insight into our scene. Uh, we also have a Uh, An interview with the man, Ronnie Renton, who came down to visit us. Yeah, I look forward to doing more content for you in the future. Enjoy. Here we are at the end of day one of Clash of Kings Australia. I'm with the end of day one leader, Adam Storey, and with Ken. Uh, We're going to have a bit of a chat to them about their lists, how their games went today, and what they came up against. So we'll start with Adam, who's leading the day, because Ken's somewhere near the bottom end of the field, I'm imagining. (laughs) Uh, Adam, do you want to talk to us about uh, what your list was today?
2: Okay, well, I'm running Undead, some filthy, filthy Undead. I'm running a pair of uh, White Hordes, one with Sharpness, the other one with Mead, Um, a couple of Wraith Troops as Chaff, Uh, a couple of Revenant Hordes, one with Strength, one with Fire Oil, and some zombie trolls and Morgoth, of course, because he's just a toolbox that does everything, uh, as well as a flying pharaoh and a necromancer with drain life and inspiring. And uh, so far today, what would have been the best performer in your list? Oh, the sharpness whites, for sure. They are just disgusting. You hit something in the front, Bane Chantum, you'll do 17 out of 18 attacks as wounds. It's just disgusting. It's, it's great.
1: And would you say that for the undead players, we've got nine undead players here at Clash of Kings this year, and it seems that more goths in all of them. Would you agree that he's your crutch?
2: Oh, he's absolutely my crutch. He does everything, and I love him very much, and I'll never give him up.
1: <laughs> all right. So do you think the undead list can survive without him? Should he, should he get a nerf?
2: No. <laughs> I'd probably pay a few more points for him. Yep. But I think he's, I think he's a, a fun toolkit. Okay, and so uh, you're three and zero,
1: oh, if, if I'm right. Yep. yep. Uh, what have you come up against so far today?
2: Uh, I came up against, I think it was Greg first round. Mm-hmm. Was it Greg? He was running. Oh, I've forgotten. Kingdoms of Men. Is that Greg Lockswan? Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. King of King the Men a man. With, with a couple of giants and.
2: Yeah, a couple yep. of giants. That's right. A couple of giants and a mammoth. Some interesting thoughts. He probably underestimated what Surge was going to do. Mm. And um, that got him into some sticky spots with whites in insides and, and rears when they didn't need to be.
1: Okay. I think this might have been Greg's first tournament, so maybe yeah. you're actually unworthy of being first, Adam, and you've just, just trampolined up.
2: It's, it's entirely possible. Yeah.
1: <laughs> now uh, we haven't come. Ac- have you come across any war machine spam so far?
2: I haven't played against a single war machine.
1: Really? No. No. Right. Okay. It seems to be lighting up Facebook right now. I mean, from my idea of the list, is I haven't seen a lot. Maybe no more than three or four. Yep. Um, what do you think the reason for that is here? Do you think it's because we lack a Second Amendment?
2: I think Australians are just better people.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, gee, that's uh, that's going hard early. Okay. I was going to say tighter of gun laws, you know. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, okay. true, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks,
2: Johnny. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and so what are you expecting to come up against tomorrow? Have you had a look ahead? I know the draw's not done, but do you, what, what do you think is going to happen I tomorrow?
2: Think, I think, I haven't played Lyle, he's sitting in second. I'm guessing that's going to be my first matchup. Yep. More, more than likely. Um, Do you know what he's playing? He's playing Rodeo with Nightstalkers allies, which is a bit of an interesting mix. It is, yeah. But um, he's got a really solid list. He's got a couple of war machines, will be my first ones, two, two organ guns, a couple of crossbow regiments, and uh, a couple of butcher hordes, some foot guard, and a few other things. It looks like a really solid list, so I'm interested to see how I go. Um, yeah. Okay,
1: and was there anything that gave you particular trouble today, would you
2: say? Not really, and I feel bad saying that, but um, I sort of set a plan, executed it, and it sort of worked for me.
1: Yeah. Would you say that there's three baby seals clubbed to death on your way to the top, littering
2: the sidewalk? I I mean, if you're calling everyone I played a baby seal today, I mean, that's on you.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's a good call. Fair enough, Adam. Fair enough. Uh, And also with me, we have Ken, who also happens to be the brains or lack of brains behind Blackjack. Okay. And what did you bring this, this weekend,
3: Ken? I brought my Orc cavalry. Two fight, uh, two fight wagon legions, one chariot legion, two regiments of gore riders, Gakamak, a giant and a war drum. And uh, this type of list follows your usual style. Am I right in saying that? Hit hard, hit fast. <laughs>
1: And, and generally all mounted? You've, you've got a little bit of a... You've got some footsloggers in that list with a few oh, trolls. trolls.
3: I've got the tro- troll regiment, yeah. yeah. Don't know what to do with them. <laughs> Ever. Yeah. They sit at the back. They, they were an unlock.
1: Right. And how are you going this weekend?
3: Uh, no comment. No comment? Have you won a single game? No, I'm a very ashamed because I forgot to use Elite on a Fight Wagon Legion in the side. Yeah. And you think that cost you the win? Yeah, it put me totally out of position.
1: And have you had a look ahead at tomorrow, or it's too hard to tell when you're bottom of the pack what you're going to play against?
3: No, I'm just sitting here going, the night before, I I tabled Adam's list, so I'm quite happy I tabled number one at the minute. In the dark.
1: I guess, you know, it it, it never counts if it's not in a tournament, though, right? right? That's
3: right, yeah. It was in the dark, it counts.
1: (laughs) Uh, Well, lots of things happen in the dark, Ken, and some of them we shouldn't talk about. Yeah,
3: you wouldn't know. (laughs)
1: Very true. All right. Well, thanks for joining me, guys, and uh, good luck tomorrow, and I hope you enjoy the rest of the tournament.
3: And thanks, Matt, for a great tournament.
2: Yeah, thanks.
1: So uh, here we are on the morning of day two of Clash of Kings Australia 2020, and I'm with Michael Geld, who's sitting third overnight. Some of you might have seen his posts leading up to the event, uh, Kings of War worldwide and Kings of War fanatics, about his growing Vanger army. How are you traveling today, Michael? Get a good night's rest.
4: <laughs> I'm actually pretty seedy. i yeah. um, got to have drinks with all the guys last night at the at the drinks and. Really top bunch of people, Um, definitely feeling it today. But um, yeah, riding the wave for third place, but I'm expecting to hit the rocks today.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There's a little rumour we might have seen uh, Ronnie falling asleep in his chair after a a few sherbets. Uh, Can you confirm or deny that?
4: I can neither confirm nor deny that, as I don't want any rules specifically naming me (laughs) for fourth edition.
1: (laughs) And what about the rumour that potentially he almost flipped a board game when he was losing?
4: <laughs> no comment. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right, so Michael, you're playing uh, Varangur. Um, tell us about your, first of all, your inspiration for the army because you've been doing a bit of a blog. Um, so tell us uh, the name of your blog and where people can find it and uh, how you went about building the army for, for the event.
4: Um, so the blog is um, Tattered Banners, Broken Shields, which people who know a monomath will get the reference. Um, I'll put a, um, a hyperlink up because it's a stupidly long link to the blog page. Um, the inspiration for the army was, um, growing up my favourite comics were 2018, one of them was Slain the uh, Barbarian, um, and another one was Conan the Barbarian, so I've always loved that Barbarian themed armies, never really could find one in Kings of War that really captured it for me until Varanger came out, and I've had a whole bunch of figures sitting around for a long time unused and unloved, so the army's made up of about four or five different ranges and just really, really happy with how it came out and just wanted to basically capture a Varangur raiding force in the south so they've dumped all the cloaks and heavy furs and such more to be the kind of traditional bare-chested barbarians. And, yeah, they've come out really well and for my painting skill and really happy with them.
1: Right, and uh, you're well-known, Michael, for having a bit of army ADD and uh, changing and flitting between armies. Uh, some might say week to week, but I'd go so far to say is day to day. Uh, was it that childhood pushing that made, fa- finally made you settle on the, on the Varanger?
4: I think it was my wife and daughter threatening to punch me in the mouth if I changed armies again. Um, what I normally do is bounce ideas off them, and when I see the looks they give me, I know it's time to stop bouncing ideas <laughs> and just stick to something. <laughs>
1: Well, it's good to know that there's some solid motivation there. Um, walk us through your list. What are you, what are you running?
4: Okay, um, so what I've got in the army, I have a Klansman horde. I've got two Huskarl regiments. I've got a Fallen horde with the Brew, Brew of Strength. Um, I've got the Mounted Sons of Corgan with the Mark of the Deceiver, so Stealthy, and the Jesse's Boots, All held Pizza Jesus. Um, I've got the Night Raider, Raider Troop with javel, uh, throwing axes, um, I've got two Snow Foxes, um, I have the Lord on Fang with Snow Fox, I've got the Lord on foot uh, with Brutal, uh, have the Scold with Loot of Insatiable Darkness and have the Magus on foot with Drain Life and Blood Boil swapped for Lightning Bolt. And I think that's all of it. I don't think I've missed any of them. It's worked works really well. It's uh, basically uses Snow Foxes as, and Night Raiders as a screen for the heavy hitters. The amount of stealth in Varengr I don't think is really appreciated by some people until you, when you face them. And then once you get across, start going across the table, they kind of realise, you know, what's going on. Or you know, it's it's good. It's actually a good little um, good little army. The Snow Foxes have been the MVP for me for the for the first day. Um, they've held up where they've needed to. They've absorbed damage and. Just really fed the huskals and and such into the into the units. So yeah, snow foxes for me have been the real real third edition winners for me.
1: Yeah, I mean I know we played a couple of weeks ago and I thought the snow foxes were MVP in our game. That stealthy on chaff is just amazing. Um, kind of almost guarantees it doesn't get shot off. Yep. And I reckon it's probably a fair comment to say that yeah, there's nothing subtle in the Varangur list, right? It's just. No. Come across the table and punch in the face. Oh, it is.
4: It is. It's a. It's a. It's you know. It's the kind of army I like to run because you know I'd like to say I've gotten to where I've gotten so far on skill, but I <laughs> think it's just get in there and roll the dice and let Lady Luck try to guide you. So it's a good. It's a good army. A lot of. A lot of punch in the mouth. A lot of you know. A lot. No subtlety. No room for subtlety with Aringer.
1: So you're three and zero going into day two. Is yep. that correct? Yep, 3-0. yep. Okay. So we're not really after a blow by blow, but what what armies have you? Played so far.
4: Yeah, yeah I've played Arm um, Elves. I have played Forces of Nature, and I have played League of Roria. And yeah, I'm quite happy. I played League of Roria as the third game because the storyline for my army actually has them invading Roria, so oh, yeah. it's fit quite well. Yeah, nice.
1: <laughs> okay. And um, was there anything in any of those? So so far, you've missed the nine undead armies. Yes, yes. <laughs> was there anything in the in those other three that gave you particularly tr- particular trouble?
4: Oh. Um, Honestly, the, um, every game was a close game. Uh, the second game, it came down to the... It was the tree herders, and uh, my opponent, Ed, plays a really mean game. He just couldn't get the rub of the green. There was a couple of rolls where it should have just been easy rolls, and as it, as it is, lady luck spits in your eye. So he got, he got pretty unlucky, but he handled it like, you know, he handled it really well, and we had a good laugh about it afterwards. Same as the third game. third game, I made a few tactical errors, nearly nearly um suffered for it and um basically took a gamble on um, an honor guard unit charged it really with the rolls ended up needing a 10 twice to break them and managed to managed to pull it so yeah i think i've burned my luck up for this for this tournament
1: yep. <laughs> some, some would say pulling it's your specialty Gildy. Um, and what's your favorite thing about clash of kings australia
4: oh uh, you know it's the people you know i think it's the character it's a good group of good group of guys. You know, it's, it's very rare that I find a group of people that can actually tolerate me for more than a minute, so <laughs> it's, you know, if you're on a good thing, don't leave it.
1: <laughs> All right, thanks for joining us, mate. Good luck in day two.
4: <laughs> Cheers, mate. Thank you.
1: So I'm here with Matt at the end of game four, which was Plunder, is that right? Yep. 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 And so uh, Matt's playing orcs today and he's coming off a fresh tabling. Yep, or oh, he has been tabled. Uh, Matt, uh, you're playing orcs. Tell us about your list.
5: Uh, yeah, it's an alright list. I've got big horde of axe, some long axe, uh, chariot legion, a few characters, and Gak, of course, some trolls. Yep,
1: Gak, uh, Gak is a beast. How many trolls do you have?
5: Two hordes. Two hordes of trolls,
1: yeah. Okay. Alright, and how's it performed so far? Where are you at four games in?
5: Three losses, one win. So on the one win, it did well, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but then I've been spanked three times, so...
1: So fair to say you're right down the bottom of the ladder.
5: Yeah, I'm, I'm submarining. I'm coming back, though. Yeah. Two, yeah. two big wins, and I'll be right up there. Yeah.
1: Well, they say that the proverbial floats, you know. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. you should be up um, up there soon. Um, how are you finding third edition versus uh, second?
5: Uh, it's a bit smoother. I don't... I thought the other day it seems to get a lot more cluttered with the um being able to move with one inch after and reforms, so it's one thing I noticed. You feel like it's more cluttered? More yep. cluttered, like you get the after combat reforms and stuff, things get stuck on it on each other. Yeah, right, so it's it's more difficult to reform after
1: combat sometimes. Yeah. Yep, okay. All right. And um is there anything that stood out to you as not being a
5: great change from uh from second to third? No, I think I think it was a pretty solid addition change. I've experienced one War Machine list and i beat it, so yep. <laughs> it can't be that bad. Yeah.
1: So generally you haven't had problems with War Machine spam lists?
5: Uh, not yet, but I haven't had a real, real spam list. I've only had three.
1: <laughs> yeah. okay, so three is the most you've played.
5: Are there any lists going around? Do you think there are more than three at the moment at this tournament? I think one's got four, but it's two cannons, two uh, volley guns, so yeah, right. it doesn't really count. Okay.
1: Alright, so there's not really that spam here. All right. Have you played any really nasty lists uh, here over this
5: weekend? Nah. Nah. Nah, baby. So what are your hopes for the last two games? I'll get a, hopefully get a couple of wins. And now that I've said that, I'm going to get tabled twice. So. Yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Find a noob and club them to death and climb the ladder. Well,
5: that's going to be me, apparently. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and how many Clash of Kings have you been to now? I
5: think it's three or four.
1: Yeah. Okay, and what do you enjoy about the tournament?
5: Oh, I think it's the best chance to get a two-dayer. I live in Canberra, so that's good. biggest event in the country. Then we've got 70. 65. 65. Yep. I mean, the atmosphere's good. Uh, the camaraderie's good. Beautiful armies. It's great to play. Beautiful T.O.? Uh, he's, he's up there. Yep. I mean, there's a bit of competition down in Victoria. Yep.
1: <laughs> oh, no, yeah, I don't know about that personally. But uh, would you say that the T.O.'s apron is a big feature?
5: I think it uh, makes the event. It makes or breaks it. It wouldn't be the same. Yep. I appreciate
1: that, mate. All right. Okay, well, thanks for joining us, Matt, and good luck in your last two games. Thanks, mate. I'm here with Andrew Goodman, the TO of Convict, who's just finished up his fourth game and playing Plunder. Uh, Andrew, thanks for joining us. Uh, Do you want to tell us what you're running today?
6: Uh, I'm playing uh, the rule of three. So I'm playing an abyssal dwarf army, three gargoyles, they die every game, and if they don't, I haven't played them properly. Three grotesques, and they're my hammers, Uh, three characters, and the thing that people really want to talk about at the moment, three heavy mortars.
1: And how are those war machines going for you this weekend?
6: Uh, up and down, but pretty well. They they usually get back their points, yeah. which is always my aim in a, in a game. Every unit has to be able to achieve its points. So you spend, you know, 350 points on a, on a bank of war machines. Um, you want to be able to get 350 points back. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment.
6: Do you think they're one of the better war machines in the game, the Heavy Mortars? I think they're the best war machine in the game. I, yeah. I mean... Two shots on fives, pierce three with vicious, yeah. and then you top it off with uh, shattering on the end of that shot. I don't think there's a better game, better war machine in the game. Yeah. and so taking three is playing
1: kings on easy mode, then isn't it?
6: Yeah, I normally yeah yeah <laughs> fair fair. cool. I um, most of my tournament play throughout the year, I've I've played with two. I've bought three to Cancun because it's the biggest event in the country, and um, all the big names are here and. You know, uh, even l- last year at the Masters, I only took two. Yep. I had a, b- a bit of a shuffle where I took two and took some um, some uh, golems as a, a bit of a blocker and stuff as a different play. But it's a bit more risky. I've, I've got, I think, I have the lowest unit strength here yep. because of my decisions. So that's tough because yep. it's all on scenario. I'd, I'd like to push the uh, kill scenario for uh, CanCon, but I don't <laughs> think I don't think the TA is going to let me go for kill. So it's a bit risky, but I suppose if you kill all of your opponent's army, they're not going to get any tokens, are they? You're going to win the scenario anyway, that's aren't it. you? That's it. Yeah, that's yeah. it. <laughs> kill them all, let God sort them out. As, yeah. <laughs> I heard that once and I thought, yeah, that's good. I'm yeah. good with that. Yeah, that's the AG play style. That's and it, look,
1: you know, fair enough. I think uh, you've, got to bring a, you've got to bring a gun to a gunfight at <laughs> CanCon, it. right? Yeah.
6: yeah. In, the, in the last game, uh, playing Terry, he's a lovely fella, and uh, we're playing a, a loot token game. And I moved up onto the tokens with my grotesques in Turn 1. So he moved up thinking, I've got the tokens, i am got to move back. Yeah. Terry doesn't know me very well. <laughs> so in Turn 2, I had all of my units in combat. Yeah. I had every unit in combat in Turn 2, and that's where my army thrives. So, yeah. Yep. Poor Terry. Yep. Yep. Fair enough. And so I think you're three wins and a draw, is that right? I am three wins yep. and a draw, which and is
1: at yep. the top. Yep. And... Um to draw against the great, the great man Jeffrey Trash, yeah. Mister Unbeatable. Usually,
6: yeah, Mister Unbeatable. I've beaten him once in a tournament game, and now I've drawn with him once, and yeah. I think he's beaten me eight times. Yeah, right. So, yeah, um, yeah it's a pretty solid record in his his favour. But uh, drawing
1: with him today kind of makes you equal best in the world, right?
6: I'm going to call it. Yep. yep. Thank. Actually, you called it, so that's <laughs> even better than me calling it. I like it. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah it's good. I, I've been noticing a lot. I mean, obviously, part of this conversation is about the war machines and stuff, and There's been a lot of kerfuffle, good word, love kerfuffle, um, about War Machines. And I I think three, even though I've taken three of the best, is, that's borderline. It's borderline. I I wouldn't be happy in in myself taking more than three. But the idea of six or so War Machines in a game, like Five Dragons or whatever, uh, my big thing is when... When things are just spammed, it, it, it takes the fun away because someone is either all combat or all shooting or all hard to hit or all whatever. Yeah, I, I just think the balance is, is the key to the game. And if people don't do that, don't overbalance it, then everyone has more fun.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I kind of feel like, you know, if the rules are the rules, that's fine, but you know particularly at the moment in Australia we have a responsibility to grow the game you know and if and if we're just you know knocking each other's teeth out all the time because we can you know it's it's not a great way to to grow the game
6: absolutely and and the way to way to grow the game is to have people who put their hands up to to volunteer to run tournaments have game shops that open up tables for play have people who go up to play and go oh you never played before oh let me teach you how to play and know every game I play I learn something from someone I'm playing against and hopefully I teach them something as well so smile be happy talk everything through before it happens and everybody enjoys the experience how are you finding the
1: 2000 points level around the rest of the world they tend to be playing a little bit bigger
6: I kind of like the tough decisions at 2000
1: how do you find it
6: I, I suspect that's a loaded question, knowing the, knowing how we run Convict. <laughs> but I, I'm actually a big fan of low points games too. Yeah. So I love love variety. I would hate it if every tournament was 2,000 points. I'd hate it if every tournament was 1,500 points. But you know, in Victoria, we're really lucky. We've, we've got a couple of people who run tournaments and they mix it up and we play different points level. It, it challenges the general to not run the same thing. You you can find a formula that works really well and if you do that, you can just repeatable format, repeatable format, repeatable format and it gets boring. So by even 50 points more in a list, 2050 or 1950, it changes your points that you use for magic or number of units that you take without artifacts and all that sort of stuff. I just love it. Yeah, change it up, mix it up, make it good.
1: Yeah, I think it's a good point. I mean I guess in a in a game where the list building isn't quite as big a part of the game, you need that variety to keep it interesting, don't you?
6: Yeah, absolutely. And and the list building is one of those things, one of the beauties of this game, this style of game, a tabletop miniatures game is when you're away from people that you can play with, you can list build, you can paint, you can theorize, you can you know do all sorts of things that that are hobby related you know every $2 shop i walk into i go hmm those flowers i wonder if i could get them on a base somehow or that piece of you know whatever can i build that into my terrain or my scenery or my you know modeling on my multi bases or whatever so i'm thinking about the game a lot even if it's not what the strategy of the game is. Yeah, absolutely.
1: All right, well, AG, Mr Equal Best in the World, thanks for joining us, and uh, good luck for your last two games,
6: mate. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it.
1: So I'm here after game five with young Henry Lucan, who is playing in his second Clash of Kings. Last year, we changed the rules just so we could compete, and I think you were 12. Was that right, Henry? Yeah.
7: Yep. Yes, yep. I was 12.
1: And you're 13 this year? Uh,
7: yes. Yep, okay. All right, and what did you bring down to the event? Last year I bought goblins, Yep. but oh. this year I brought an army of salamanders.
1: An army of salamanders, great. All right, and you get a bit of help writing the list, or did you write the list all yourself?
7: Or I did get quite a bit of help writing the list.
1: Yeah? Okay, all right. And so tell us, can you remember what's in your list? Give us a bit of an idea of what's in your list.
7: I took... One horde of salamander primes, yep. two regiments of ancients, one gecko slasher, three lakeledons, a battle captain on rhinosaur with the inspiring talisman, and I think that's it. That's it? Okay.
1: And how have your games? So we're five games in. How are they um, how are they going for you?
7: I've lost three of the games, but I've won two of them. So it's going okay. It's going okay, right? And uh, what do you like about Kings of War, Henry? There's a very welcoming community here. Everyone's helpful and willing to re-explain the rules when you if you forget them.
1: Yep. And you're from Queensland, so it's a good like you have to fly down here to play this. Yep. And you come down with your dad. Do you get to play many games back in uh, back in Queensland?
7: Uh, yeah. There are some tournaments up in Queensland, but not very often, so I do play with some of my friends.
1: Right, okay. And so you're managing to drag your friends into it, you reckon you might drag a few of them down here next year?
7: Uh, Hopefully, yeah.
1: Yeah, hopefully. And so
7: I think, did you borrow the salamanders, is that right? Yes. Yep,
1: okay. And what armies do you have at home yourself?
7: Salamanders, goblins and dwarves. Okay, and do
1: you think it's a pretty easy game to get into?
7: Uh, yeah, it's very easy to learn the rules and just start playing.
1: Okay, all right. And uh, what do you enjoy most? I kicking people's teeth in. Like that time last year when you made one person rage quit after.
7: I love most about <laughs> the game is that you know when you roll the exact number. That you need for the nerve test. You just got that thing off the board.
1: Yeah, you like that feeling. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. great. Right? Yeah. Good. Well, I'm glad you're enjoying it, Henry. And uh, good luck for the last game.
7: Uh, thank you.
1: All right. I'm here with Mr. Ronald Renton.
8: Hello, everybody.
1: Yep. During uh, Game Six of Clash of Kings. Uh, how's your experience been so far in Australia, Ronnie?
8: Oh, it's fantastic. I mean, it, it could have been a little warmer. I think it was only 40 degrees over the last couple of days. So, you know, a bit chilly. Bit. But, um, I don't know. brilliant. 70 players, people having a great time, enjoying themselves. Very similar vibe to, to uh, you know, uh, the Adepticon, uh, Clash of Kings in the US, Clash of Kings in the UK. You know, everyone having a good time, enjoying themselves. Brilliant.
1: Yeah. But you did say this, these events were better here, didn't you?
8: Oh, yeah. No, I've, by far, of all of them, the best. And definitely one I need to visit every year, I oh, think.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. And so you haven't been to Australia for about 10 to 12 years. And, you know, we've had a few disasters uh, through the past couple of months. But you have managed to avoid all just, that,
8: just, thankfully. Just, yeah, dug to die. The car that I came down in looked like you'd been dragged through a World War I trench, I think. So uh, <laughs> uh, there was a cataclysmic scenes of fire and... Uh, flooding and everything else, hailstones. But no, we've got here, it's been brilliant, everyone's looked after us really well.
1: And the car was leaning to one side, wasn't it?
8: The car yeah, was almost... leaning, the driver was as well challenged. <laughs> he he's not overweight, he's under tall, I think. <laughs> By about six foot.
1: Yeah. And, uh, and so, uh, what have you enjoyed most uh, about your experience in Australia so far?
8: Well, I think um, on, a, on a, again, a professional side, seeing that the terrain craters in every store i visited. Right. you know, and yeah. that as a kind of is going out to a non toy soldier audience if you like it's going out to the rpgers and they're picking it up which is great it's good coverage and then i saw two fantastic stores on friday mm-hmm. uh, games empire and tabletop empire out in sydney they had a good range were a lovely place to learn so on that side wonderful to see that the products getting traction over here in us and that the gamers can get looked after on a kind of more personal side just how exciting the community is, it's growing, what a lovely, friendly bunch. And they've all come from different places. The first five people I spoke to when I arrived yesterday were all at their first tournament. They'd all played one or two games. And they were here at a competitive environment with their army. They were learning how to play. They didn't feel intimidated, they were enjoying it, through to other people who've been playing a long time. This was a competitive event for them. And everybody from front to back, super friendly, super nice enjoying what we're doing, building up their mantic army, but playing Kings of War.
1: And uh, so last night we made sure we didn't tell you until you were a few drinks in, and I'm not sure if you remember, but we did find a sizable scorpion in the room you were staying in before you stayed in it. Did you have any run-ins last night with any Australian wildlife?
8: Well, you know, normally when we say spider's legs in the UK, and uh, you've got to couple of spiders legs, dig it out of your mouth. <laughs> Uh, It means something different, but, you know, I woke up this morning, a couple of spiders' legs popping out of my mouth, no problem.
6: Yeah, right. Okay.
1: Excellent. And uh, now, can you give us anything exclusive here in Australia of something maybe the world doesn't know about Kings of War in the next 12 months, Ronnie?
8: We've got... The blogs, I think, Rob, unfortunately, kind of stole a lot of my thunder with the 12 days of Christmas. Bloody Rob. Yeah, I know. What's he like? But, you know, we've got a massive summer campaign coming up this year. We've got a big book coming. There's going to be a big global campaign. It's going to have a good storyline as you know with kings of war the story is going to keep developing when we have a summer campaign what happens at the end of it we'll move the timeline on when you next see clash of kings book at the end of the year the, the map will have changed
1: yeah so so um, the plan's still for a clash of kings book in december
8: or yeah, december-ish I think yeah absolutely yep. i think december is perfect because then it sets everyone up for the new season from january onwards yep but, you know we kind of got that feedback early on january was a month too late yeah we'll have some new armies in there we will have a new army or two in there really following those up with the troops so there's your there's your scoop but I think between now and then models and releases for Kings of War every single month book in the middle of the year which will be campaign but with some rules lots of good fun going on there we've got the Abyssal Dwarfs out next month we've got goblins coming out bloody Rob again bloody goblins (laughs) absolutely gorgeous that wing slash is gorgeous so infilling all the armies making sure there's units going on so get down to your local store and pick yourself a fresh army up and get a new new army going. And uh, as someone
1: who doesn't get to play a lot because yep. you're too busy running things, yeah. can you tell what third edition has changed? From second? Is, do you get a vibe for it?
8: I think it's... Mean, other than other war machines, obviously, which is burning the uh, war, word, war, world out at the moment. Um, <laughs> these things happen. People overcompensate, and then after a few weeks, they find a way of balancing these spam armies. Yeah. And if they don't, it'll get comped out. Yeah. It's no problem. Do you
1: think it, they're overcompensating for more than one thing?
8: Well, I think that's definitely... I've seen the rules yeah. committee. There's definitely a lot of compensation going on there. Yeah. And when you change 400 <laughs> things there's a chance of one or two but overall I think what it did was it made everything smoother it made everything more balanced people are always oh you've nerfed my X, but we haven't we just brought it back into a line that means that you haven't got a very obvious winning strategy what we want to do is you've got to use them but you've got to use them well and cleverly and therefore it knocks out the min maxes and I think in Masters US last year I saw a a five-chariot, three-dragon army winning, and I said, that is not what we want for Kings of War. Yeah. I'm looking at the armies that are here. Everybody has a whole load of troops in the middle of their army yep. with some cavalry units and war machines. They want to win, they want to play competitively, but there's no spam armies. Now, it usually takes a little while to go spam and everyone has to counter the spam and then a few Clash of Kings books. and then. But at the moment, it feels very centred again. It yep. feels very balanced and I think that's what, what Kings of War... And the words are very clear. I don't think I, I don't think you've moved off your chair. I can't decide that's because... Uh, are
1: you saying I've been lazy?
8: Well, you've eaten a lot of cake. You've yeah, not moved true. very far. It's either yeah. because the rules are brilliant and yeah. you don't need to. Or yeah. or the other reason. Yeah. Um, probably a bit from column A, a bit from yeah. column B.
1: No, look, I would totally agree. I mean, I've run this for three or four years now. And uh, this is our biggest. Our yeah. uh, first of third. Probably our... our our largest amount of newest players yep. and I've had the least to do yeah. so I think that's Testamount okay. to third and you know some of those issues you know they're a bit of the nature of the beast aren't they you know they take time to work out so yeah. alright well I just want to say thank you for providing us with a fantastic game to play Ronnie lot, I know you've got pleasure. people hands to shake and people to see right. um, and uh, thanks for joining us and com- thanks for coming down thank you for making me so
8: welcome it's been absolutely brilliant thank you I can't wait to do it again thank you everybody for making me so welcome
3: thanks mate
1: So I'm here during Game 6 with uh, Nick Prosso who was our ringer or buy buster for the tournament, and also Beverly Sean-Jones, who uh, is Ronnie's offsider for the weekend. Our best mate, best man, you know. And the I uh, said man, even though his name is Beverly. <laughs> uh, we'll, get, we'll get on to him in a minute. We'll start with you, Nick. So tell us about the list you brought for the buybusting list.
9: I brought a Sylvan list, so something with a bit of fun, quite a few auras, a bit of uh, scout these days around the Vanguard so four forest guard regiments two forest shambler herds one with pipes of terror one with the life leech artefacts yep. the wilt father tree herder and then a normal tree herder with a GS low high and the green lady and two elves with bane chan wow. I mean, this is the main idea being that you have the forest herders and the wilt father together and then everything else in support of that either generally in terrain in the centre if you can
1: so you've got a nice little combo of a bit of Radiance of Life healing, a bit of Cloak of Death at the same time, then healing up as well as having the the Iron Resolve and everything.
9: Yes. Yeah. And the good thing is because you've got both the Tree Herder and the Willfather, you definitely get one of each, and then you can choose with a Green Lady at the beginning of the turn whether you want to be offensive or defensive with her. Yeah. So she can also, now that she's got one attack, so you can, if you're lucky you can get two wounds on a unit. So on some of the light units, if you need to, you can always send her out and... You know, guaranteed of one, maybe doing a second.
1: People would say that you're always a bit offensive, Nick, I would think. so. Yeah.
9: I am, and it can be f- offensive, but it needs to be played that way. You can sit back and play defensively, but with a Forest Guard having Thunderous 1, as soon as you actually get into combat without the support of the Bane chant from the Majors, you're just going to slowly die through the grind.
1: Yeah, and uh, so you put the, together the list for, you know, to be something not too hardcore for because the way we run it is the buybuster plays the person coming last. Um, is it still a list you think you'll stick with for a while or will you change it up?
9: Um, I've been enjoying it. I've been playing it quite a lot with the normal group on Thursdays. So I think I'm getting to the point now where I've just got some Ogres. I want to get back into playing with some Ogres. And I think also generally more looking at the Elves. Uh, lots of Elves and I've been enjoying them previously.
1: I think we should look out on Facebook for those Pirate Ogres. I think they'll pop up again soon.
9: I, I hope so. Yeah. Definitely the next tournament that we've got in Canberra. Yeah.
1: Great. And so you've been playing a bit of third. What are you liking most about it?
9: I'm really liking the you don't disengage from combat, or if you do, you get that free up-to-one-inch move. I think staying there gives a lot more options for what you want to do and locking other people up. So it gives not only do you have the... The tactical ability of just trying to manoeuvre or outmanoeuvre people and position your units in the right spots, but now you can now physically lock things yep. with other units.
1: You like locking people up, do you?
9: I do, especially in those situations, because reducing their flexibility allows you greater flexibility.
1: Okay, so you lock them up to reduce flexibility.
9: Indeed, well, cause it's not a very—it's not a slow army, but it's not a fast army. And I don't have any flyers, so anything I can do to reduce their ability to counter something else I've done.
1: Okay, and you've um, also been the host for Mr. Ronald Renton this weekend. Can you give us any juicy insights into him as a house guest?
9: Well, not really, because we haven't actually spent much time at home. We spent, I think, seven hours. (laughs) We all went out to the pub last night and then came back for a couple of scotches. But it was interesting when we were tidying up the house and making sure everything was clean after the fires and all the dust had come through and picking up the little baby scorpions and making sure they weren't in there. <laughs>
8: and
9: was, he didn't seem to believe us.
1: <laughs> no, I do remember you uh, texting me and saying, how's Ronnie with wildlife?
9: Yes. <laughs> well, we're back onto a, for- a nature reserve, so we've got lizards, kangaroos, we've got the black cockatoos which screech like something's dying.
1: And Sean, he was also staying, so yes. another bit of wildlife.
9: Yes, and he was the one screeching as well last night. Well, there was a bit... No, no, that. That one's Actually, too bad. Yeah.
1: The screeching was Ronnie, I think, when he flipped that board game when he wasn't
9: winning. <laughs> that was very funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was playing one of our local gamers with a game called Cathedral. It's a space denial game with blocks. It seems simple, easy, and a lot of fun. Yeah.
1: And then he towed me up, so that made him happy yeah, again.
9: Yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah so he's our one for one. So you can find someone else to play him to yeah, see how he goes.
1: I'm sure he'll be up for it again tonight. I'm sure he yeah. will. All right. Thanks for joining us. I'll get on to. Pu- we're going to pass over to Beverly here, Beverly Sean. Thank you so much. Yep. And so, Sean, you're not a gamer. Um, you're Ronnie's mate from Sydney and have acted as a bit of a, a driver slash chaperone slash keep Ronnie in order. Carrier. And make sure he gets home safe again.
10: Exactly. Yep. And trust me, that takes a bit sometimes. But uh, he's jet-lagged, so it's been an easier job this time. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, you never know. There's still tonight. Yeah. I'm sure he'll try his best. Yep.
1: <laughs> and you've been in Australia for quite a while. When did you move out? I've been here since 2012 and enjoyed every minute. And you knew Ronnie back when he was a Games Workshop manager?
10: I knew Ronnie when he was running a store, before he went on to do other things in Games Workshop and then when he set Mantic up. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, And what's your, being not a gamer, what's your impression of the last two days been? I've got to be honest, I'm a corporate person, uh, uh, but I've seen a whole bunch of individuals come to an event and form a community and it really is quite inspiring and on a personal level i'm taking things from this that could help me in my business and everything else so it really has proven uh, a positive experience
1: oh that's great to hear are we going to be able to convince you to game
10: well do you know what i've learned a couple of things one is you have to have a certain sense of humor i have met some really funny people and i've met some people that think they're funny And uh, sometimes you, you have to have something to blame when the dice don't roll your way. Yep. And I've heard so many excuses <laughs> and reasons for bad play. Yeah. I'm going to use them for when things don't go right in my business as well. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, can you use the one we heard, though, about his old fella getting in the way? Um, I don't know if you can use that in a corporate context. Yeah,
10: I'm sorry, we've got a bad line here now. So. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And what about, do you think there's a insight you can give us about Ronnie? Something juicy, but not too juicy, if you know what I mean. Something if you've,
10: you've ever met Kira his wife, you'll know why I'm not giving you anything whatsoever.
8: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thanks for joining us, Sean, and thanks for bringing him down.
10: Thank you so much for your hospitality, guys. You should be really thank proud of the you event. You All right. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Bye.
1: Uh, well, that wraps up our coverage of the event and the interviews. I hope you enjoyed that little insight into the scene and what we managed to bring you. Uh, grabbed for you what I could while I was TEOing the event as well. And the plan is, is to grab you a bit more content from the Australian scene over time. Uh, we'll put the re- full results up in the show notes. But as a bit of a summary, in the end, we had Andrew Goodman winning with his Abyssal Dwarves with uh, five wins and a draw on 107 tournament points. Uh, the man, Jeffrey Trash, also five wins and a draw, coming in on 98 points with his Forces of the Abyss, and he was the highest-placed Mantic Army. And then third place was Clint Richards with his Night Stalkers on 95 points. Like I said, I hope you uh, enjoyed the coverage. If there's anything you'd like to hear from down here, please let us know. And until next time, keep countercharging.
0: Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Countercharge. Please let us know what you thought of the show by emailing us at counterchargepodcast at gmail.com on Twitter at countercharge15. If you enjoy the show, you can help others find out about it by leaving positive reviews on iTunes. Until next time, keep countercharging. Music is a composition of Kevin MacLeod and is licensed under Creative Commons.